On this month's show, our special guest is Brianna Maiori of Dunham Sellers. We'll talk about more truth in advertising and have a Bristol Bay update. New openings include Walla Walla State Co. and Crossbuck Brewing, endings like Chef Bobby Moore leaving Barking Frog, and events like Sunset Supper at the Market. You'll hear it all on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Thompson, Seattle, named the number one hotel in the Pacific Northwest by Condé Nast. Located in Seattle across from the Pike Place Market, this contemporary urban landmark features gasp-inducing views of the sound, elevated cuisine at Conversation, and more breathtaking views from their indoor-outdoor rooftop bar, The Nest. Find them online at thompsonhotels.com. Uh, this is Casper Dernier. I'm the owner of Casper Special Events and Catering, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to our August show, number 2208. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Hey, I got a special announcement today. Oh, go for it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's summertime, and it's 90 degrees right now while we're recording. Uh, The windows are open here at the studio. People are mowing their lawns and (laughs) doing their gardening and their yard work and whatever, um, I think we got. I think we're in for all kinds of funny noises on this show today. I think we may be. I have maybe just, somebody yelling at an Amazon drone. I don't know. It could all happen. I mean, there's a lot going on in this area. Well, listen. Shall we head into our monthly discussion? Sure. Uh, we don't normally get into divisive issues or political issues, but one thing we've covered occasionally over the years, and and I kind of look back, and I think I saw my first thing on this in 2009, but it's Bristol Bay, the Mm -hmm. watershed up in Alaska. It's the largest wild salmon fishery in the U.S. It contributes 40% of the world's sockeye salmon supply. It provides food, jobs, outdoor adventure, and um, of course, some years ago, obviously 2009 or earlier, they, um, the Pebble Mine Group uh, got together, and they could it could be North America's largest open pit mine in the center of the Bristol Bay watershed. So there's a lot of people, certainly in the restaurant industry, who are very much against this, along with the indigenous people in Alaska and the people who work in the fishing industry. Um, But along with the mine, roads would need to be built, and they cross salmon-bearing streams, they endanger migration, and they would pollute the river systems. Um, The mine... What they, why they want the mine there is to produce copper gold, and I can't pronounce this, molly... Molly bendum. Molly bendum. Mm-hmm. It's often used in high-strength steel alloys. Um, and 8.2 million tons of ore could potentially be processed from the area, but 99% of it would be waste rock. Now, there's a lot of um, need for this kind of stuff, and they say it would provide jobs, but... Um, Due to acid-generating properties, the waste rock, which is 99% of what they'd mine, would need to be contained, and all discharge would have to be treated forever. 
And I think we have seen how well these kind of things go in the <laughs> yeah, past. Yeah, we do that real good with nuclear power yeah. plants, don't we? we? We do a lot of good things, and we always follow up, and we're always honest and good people about how we do it. Oh, yeah. Because it never is based on money. So um, I think they should just ship all the waste rock over to Hanford. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, Then they yeah. could take care of that while they're babysitting all the nuclear waste. <laughs> we should just find one poor state in the U.S. and dump it all there. Everybody would have to move. But even if we think uh, we need what the mine would provide, every mine has a lifespan. I mean, they're going to mine it out eventually. Um, but if left alone, Bristol Bay will be there forever for generations to come. So mm-hmm. um, the update is kind of that as of July 19th, 57 million salmon had been harvested and more than 75 million salmon had returned to Bristol Bay. So, so is that just over the course of a year? Yeah, that's just this as they come back at their normal time, that's what happened this year. They're huge numbers, and the season isn't over. And the reason for this is that tribes, fishery managers, seafood processors, commercial fishermen, they're all working together toward this long-term sustainability. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, things are going really well, but we're still struggling with this mine after more than 20 years. So the EPA... Um, the hope is that the EPA will put a stop to the mine and put the Clean Water Act protections in place by the end of the year. But people have until September 6th to comment on those proposed protections. So we just wanted to say, after all this, is that you can comment on that proposal. Read it first. You can search online for EPA's proposal for Bristol Bay, or you can go to epa.gov backslash Bristol Bay, and you'll find everything about it. So I just think it is... I'm I'm not a very big jump-on-the-bandwagon kind of person. I should do it more. But this is one of those things that just seems like it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. You know, it's just too valuable the way it is, and we we love to ruin things and damage our earth. And I think this is, you know, if we can all step up and do something, that's great. And, you know, if, they, if they're going to tell us that they create jobs, if they, if they ruin Bristol Bay with all that pollution, how many jobs are going to be lost? Well, and, and these are not just careers. This is how people live. The tribes live this way. Yeah. You know, it's their life. Their yeah. livelihood is not just a job, and you can go someplace and get another job. Yeah. So it's, you know, for, for some people, it's, it's absolutely devastating. For, and for all of us, it's going to be devastating if we can't have that wild salmon. Right. I want my sushi, dang it. I know it. Um, (laughs) My my next little thing I wanted to talk about, because I just thought, I think it was last month we were talking about truth in advertising. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Subway has been sued by a California woman because, uh, and, and her lawsuit has been approved to move forward against Subway because Subway says there's, there is tuna or 100% tuna in their tuna sandwich. So uh, they wanted the suit dismissed because tuna sandwiches regularly include other ingredients like mayo that has eggs in it. So that's their, their defense. Mm-hmm. But, um, and they also say that you know sandwich artists, which are their staff, can possibly cause cross-contamination between ingredients. However, a marine biologist analyzed 20 samples of tuna from 20 different subways and found no detectable tuna DNA sequences whatsoever Hmm. in 19 samples. So that cross-contamination thing doesn't make sense. Um, And they did find that it contained other types of animal DNA like chicken and pork. 
So if you're a vegetarian and you go to a place like Subway and you're counting on a pescatarian, pescatarian. you know, you're counting on having tuna. Yeah. You can't really count on it, apparently. Nope. It's really hard. You know, so you- then it makes me wonder if her lawsuit's going to turn into a class action lawsuit or she's going to get to win a bunch of money and everybody else who got st- yeah. stiffed with the phony tuna is just not going to be able to collect. Yeah. I don't know. It, what I The thing I read didn't say that. And, of course, it's it may come out of the lawsuit, you know. They may give her something, but maybe it has to be a class action or maybe it already is class action. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but that's my, those are my little rants for this month. Yeah. We'll try to have something real uplifting on the September show. Well, you know what? <laughs> we uplift the rest of the show. And sometimes you have to talk serious. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. We, you got to bring this stuff up. Yeah. We're the media. We have to. We have to say something. And, you know, it's. Help people understand. You really have to know what you're eating and it is a difficult thing to know we we think about it a lot and you personally do a lot of research and we don't know this stuff you know right people are sliding stuff by us all the time so it's and just, if you read like one or two forms of media you're maybe not getting all these stories not that you want to be read a bunch of garbage media but yeah. you know if i mean i hadn't seen i don't think i've seen the story in the times or on npr those would be my two no, main media uh-uh. feeds yeah so yeah so all right. So where have we been eating? This is the uplifting part because we love to eat. Um, one of the pla- – I just did a story. I interviewed the woman who owns Union Saloon in Wallingford. And I – it's been there a while. I had never heard of it. And it's – I just – it's one of those places I walked in to interview her and I just kind of felt at home. It has a really nice vibe to it. So uh, some friends and I went. A week or so after that, and um, really enjoyed it. They, the service is good. They, they have added some outdoor seating since the pandemic hit. So um, there's more outside now that it's so warm, you know, it's kind of nice not to be inside. And um, But it's dark wood inside, booths, and a U-shaped uh, bar. And she does a lot of open-faced sandwiches. She huh. says that's how she likes to eat, so she's making everyone eat that way. Um, <laughs> that's what I do if I had a restaurant. That's yeah. why they won't let me have one. <laughs> yeah, she did it. Um, their fried chicken is sort of something they're known for. So what I did that night specifically was I got a Caesar salad, just a small one, which was a pretty good size, and topped it with the fried chicken. It's chicken thighs, and it has a bite. And it was – I really liked it. Hmm. So, And you can just get it for dinner. You don't have to do it on a salad. Um, somebody else got the – the shrimp, a lot of spice in their food, but it, really good, really good. Yeah. So, you want to do a next one? Oh, okay. Um, we went and had lunch at Panther Creek Estates in Penticton. It's a day trip. And uh, kind of had a, a nice little private luncheon with us and one or two other people. Just one. Yeah, just one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a, it's a really beautiful, beautiful winery. Yeah. Uh, it's perched up on a hill. And as you drive in, it's it's pretty dramatic when you see the sign for it as you're pulling in. It's just a gorgeous venue. And uh, I don't remember what we ate, though. You know, I had the, <laughs> I had the uh, beef tartare, uh-huh. which was so good. Yep. 
Had some, was it caper berries on top too? Yeah, and then it? Oh, and then I remember the next day we were in another winery, and I had the beef tartare, and I spit it out because it tastes like fish because I blew it because I forgot to <laughs> read the menu closely and turned out it was made with anchovies. <laughs> it tastes like fish. Well, yes, sir, there's anchovies in it. Um, I had that, and then I had the spring risotto, which was really good. You guys had uh, – Fiona had the duck confit, I think, uh-huh. and you had a – was it pork? I don't recall now. Everybody was happy. Oh, you guys had the same thing. Okay. You guys so had I had the, the duck confit thing. too. Yeah. 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 And we stayed, of course, for dessert. And so it was, it was quite it, lovely. It was, uh, if, if you're thinking about going to get out of the country, Penticton's not a bad choice. Really pretty. Although that whole area all up through from Osoyos up to Penticton. Yeah. Um, it's really, you know, when we think about 22 years ago when we individually went up there and were working on different stuff, uh, it's really grown up a lot. And yeah. there's there's some excellent places to eat now. So Yeah, I didn't even I'll, – I'll do another one because I didn't put it on the list to talk about. But we had lunch at another winery. Poplar Grove was the restaurant at the winery. Yeah. And that was where the anchovy yeah. uh, beef tartare was. But they – I tell you – you made the mistake, and he kept apologizing to you, and he said, I'll have them make it without the anchovy. And he did it in Honestly, like five minutes. Oh, I think it was less than five. It was like our heads turned, and he was back practically. Yeah. And I had a uh, like a green curry uh, white fish that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And that that was – we were out on the deck, and it overlooked the whole lake and Penticton, the city. It was It was really nice, and mm-hmm. I liked their wine. I just tried a glass of something, and it was really good. So what else for you? Um, I met a friend at Babar in South Lake Union, and I had talked before about the new vegan window. They're doing all vegan dishes out of the window, but we went in and just had happy hour, and it was just really nice. I like their food. There's, they're really good flavors. Um, I will say you have to – and this is, again – I was going to say, you have to be careful. It was really my mistake, I think. I thought I ordered a, a full-size thing, and what I ordered was a little starter, and it was shrimp, and I got, like, four shrimp. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm still hungry. So I ordered something else because I had, you know, mistakenly thought I was in the main menu. But um, really nice, and right now, being summertime, they had all the windows open. So we were inside, but at a table right by the windows, and... You know, South Lake Union's kind of bustling again. There's a lot of people out walking about, and it was really nice. So then we went to uh, Walla Walla, and we hit a couple of places. Yeah. Um, we had lunch at T-Max upstairs. Never been up there mm-hmm. before. And uh, I thought most of the food was pretty good. Yeah. That pea vine bruschetta was nice. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, pea vines, the only way you can eat them is... Shred them in a blender. <laughs> so that worked out. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I, I again, I, I. We had a, it was a, it was halibut. Stuff. We had halibut for the main. Oh, thing. that's right. Yeah. That didn't do it for me. It was fishy. Yeah. I you are much it. more uh, sensitive to that. It, I had a bite that seemed a little fishy, but the rest of mine was quite good. Mm-hmm. So, which can happen with fish. You can take a bite in one part, and then the yeah. other part's better or worse. So. Yeah. 
Uh, and then we went to Kinglet. Kinglet. You know, I don't want to say this because I love Max and Jen, but I was a little disappointed. I thought it was a lot like... Uh, uh, White House Crawford. Well, no, no. Oh. A lot a lot more like uh, what he's doing up on top of Queen Anne. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well... It's kind of all the same stuff. Well, we've never eaten. We've eaten at the hamburger place, but we've never eaten. That's what I'm eaten. talking about, the hamburger place. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's all built around this burger called the Kinglet Burger. Oh, yeah, but I had... Um, I know they had other food on the yeah. menu, but uh, but that was sort of the star of the show. Oh, I didn't feel that way at all. Huh, I did. Yeah. And and while the night we were there, their open counter seating that's right by the kitchen, they were having a chef's dinner, and it's like either 15 or 18 courses. Yeah. So then that's like their original Eden Hill restaurant where they always do pre-food uh-huh. things. Yeah. So. So he's doing that over there. Now, the server we had, she was quite good. Yeah, she, she was, was good. quick. And we sat at the bar. Yep. So we could sit next to each other and hear each other. And um, But you did have the world's smallest cosmopolitan. I remember that. That was really odd. It was a really tiny glass. Yep. So, um, but And then we went to the Vineyard Lounge at the Marcus Whitman where we were staying. Yeah. What did we eat there? I can tell you exactly. We had the same thing. We'd, we were both a little bit tired. It had been our travel day. And we looked at the menu and we went, we want the grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> and it came right. with tomato bisque yeah. and uh, a little green salad. It was really good. It was very good. It was really good. Really yeah. well done. Yeah. And I like I always like the Vineyard Lounge. Um, Any time of year, uh, it was, I think, it was kind of hot in town that day and they... They closed up that back room mm-hmm. that has the fireplace, and you don't want to be <laughs> next to the fireplace at that time. But uh, the server, the the bartender, he was quite good. And uh, I'll go back again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we stopped there. You stopped there one night without me and two nights with me, I think, when we were there, and we just finished off the evening mm-hmm. in there. And it was, it's just... Pleasant. And that guy behind the bar was really great, I thought. Yeah. He was good. So, uh, yeah, he, he got used to, you know, my Chardonnay on ice. You know, I have to say, too, you and I went in one night, and then the next night we went back, and there was a young woman. I don't remember her serving us, so I don't know if the bartender told her, but she walked over and said, would you like the yeah. da 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 that yeah. Tom ordered and the same I thing the I before. ordered yeah. the night before? And I'd only been there the once. So yeah. they, they were tracking things, which yep. is impressive. Uh, so, so tell us about Bloom. Yeah, this is a new place in South, kind of, it's sort of South Lake Union. It's on Minor Street going into downtown, but toward the South Lake Union area. And uh, the people have started it, travel a lot, they're very busy. They're always going, but they're one. One has both of them actually. That they're sort of the two people putting this together are have food allergies and they want to be healthy, and it's really hard when you're traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is created a thing like, you know, it's like a Chipotle where you go in and you say every every meal has a base, and it's either grains or greens. You get two cold side things, one hot side thing, and something pickled. Um, and they do, like I had pickled blueberries. Huh. Um, but you go in and... Are they kind of briny? No. 
they were pickled. They are pickled, but it was it was just kind of tart. Huh. I liked it. Um, so anyway, you go in and uh, it's everything's good for you. They don't use and they have pakoras and they have some some chips that they make on site. They use rice oil. They don't use any trans fats. As much as possible, they use organic. Um, so everything that's there is going to be beneficial to you. So that, and right now it's only delivery or takeout. So you could, or delivery or pickup. So you can call it in and go pick it up, or you can walk in and just say, "I want this, 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 and this," and take your thing and go. Yeah. And uh, take your thing and go. Get your, take your thing and go. That's my technical, <laughs> my technical explanation of Bloom. But I enjoyed it. I thought, and I, you know, anytime there's more health. Beneficial food out there for people. I'm I'm good with it. Agreed. Yeah. And then we ate at uh, Pace Kitchen at Randolph Cellars up in Snohomish, and that was pretty good food up there. I was really impressed with that. You had lamb chops. Yep. And I had a lobster ravioli. And I got to tell you, the nice thing about the lamb chops is they weren't fishy, so that was good. <laughs> But uh, uh, I am a, a snooty guy about my lamb, and I did ask where was that lamb from because I don't want lamb from Australia or New Zealand because just the terroir of that lamb is too gamey for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, this lamb was domestic. He wasn't exactly sure where it was from, but I think it was somewhere here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, it was tasty, tasty little lamb lollipops as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was good. Very good. So, all right, let's uh, let's take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about wine and news bites. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Whistlin' Jack's Outpost and Lodge in the heart of the Washington Cascade Range, where you can go to unplug, reset, and recharge. Stay in one of their refreshed cabins, relax in a hot tub overlooking an old-growth forest, and dine in their full-service Riverview restaurant. Find them online at whistlinjacks.com. Hi, I'm Tiffany. I live in West Seattle, and one of my favorite restaurants is The Pink Door in Pike Place Market. I've been going there since I was a young girl with my mom and family members, and it's such a special treat to celebrate birthdays and special occasions. Um, They bring you out this amazing rustic bread with this garlicky olive oil to start, which is incredible. And their lasagna pink door is amazing. This is Russell Lowell, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I am Tom Merrin, the publisher, the founder. What was this? Twenty-five years ago, almost now. My 99. goodness! Uh, and I, I promised that we were going to talk about wine and news bites. Uh, we're also going to talk about a couple of things we've we've made at home or are fixing to make at home. <laughs> so, Connie, you did a a lovely little breakfast. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I just um, wanted to do something easy, but I scrambled eggs. And I scrambled them using black pepper olive oil. 
that's the oil I put in mm-hmm. the pan. Um, and then I, you know, mixed up some eggs and threw it in, and I put red onion in, finely chopped red onion, and some feta cheese, and a little touch of a premium white balsamic, just to make it pop. Yep. And then I put it on the plates, and I had gone out and harvested some fresh dill off my deck and just sprinkled that across the top, and it was really quite good. And did you mention the feta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so uh, it was quite tasty. And the dill, you, you were cautious about the dill. You kind of put it on the side, and we could try it if we wanted to, and we, we ate all our dill. Yeah. It was, it was good. I sprinkled some over the top, and then the rest I thought I'd over-harvested, and we both threw it on and ate it all. Yeah. Oh, there was something. Uh, oh, I know what I made. Um, I made. I made something called a whiskey whiskey cornbread. Yes. Oh, you must talk about that. So uh, basically, I just made up a simple cornbread mix, and instead of using a cup of milk, which most cornbread mixes call for, I used a third of heavy cream, one third of almond milk, and a third of Evan James whiskey, Mm-mm-mm. and that was that was whiskey number one. Then I made the the uh, honey butter, and I used uh, a stick of butter, three tablespoons of honey, and actually I, I think I cut that down to two tablespoons of honey, and then I put in a tablespoon of Evan James whiskey. <laughs> And uh, a little salt and something else. We've, we have this recipe up online. You can get it if you want. Um, let's leave it up for August. Okay. Um, it's quite tasty. And, it, and we took it to a party. And it was, I think, it was the first thing that was gone at the buffet table yeah. at the party. The funny thing was uh, a couple of women came down, sat down next to you and across from me. And they were chatting away, you know, and they took a bite of that, and it's like their eyes started rolling in their heads, and they were like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Who made this? And I was like, oh, he's right next to you. <laughs> and yeah. if you want to take a shortcut, just buy a box of cornbread mix uh, if you don't want to make the actual cornbread mix yourself. But it's, it's got to be healthier if you make it yourself. Yeah. And there are organic cornbread mixes, so at least maybe do that for yourself. Yeah. And then uh, coming up, I am, you know how I like to take like three recipes online for the same dish and kind of mix and match. I've got three gazpacho recipes that I'm going to dissect and build up my own gazpacho recipe. I think I do this almost every year. You do. I know I make gazpacho every year. Yeah, I think we have maybe one on Seattle Dining that you made. Yeah, but you know, with 90 degree plus heat for as many days as we've had it, we got to have some gazpacho. Yes, it's so good, too. I want to do a creamy one this mm. time. You know, um, I don't think I've made it before, but I saw a recipe that I printed out. It was a food and wine thing for grilled oregano shrimp with lemon. That just sounded so good to me, and I am growing oregano. Ah. And I was thinking I might mess about with some oregano balsamic to brine it, brine the shrimp in. Oh, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Maybe so, put a little... Evan James whiskey in there too. Ooh. Whiskey, <laughs> and, whiskey and oregano. Would that I be don't good? know. I don't know how it would be. Well, maybe we'll try it. Yeah. So, um, so that may be coming up too. All right, and we've been drinking some wine as always. So let's talk about a few of the wines we've been guzzling. 
Let's see. The first one was a man, M period, A period, N, Family Wines 2021 Chenin Blanc from the coastal region of Africa. It's 13% alcohol by volume, and we got it at Met Market Queen Anne for eight ninety nine. Yeah, Africa's not very big, and it doesn't really have a lot of coastline, so um, <laughs> that coastal region of Africa's got to be right over here, I think. <laughs> we don't know. That uh, was a very I pale... I guess that's South Africa. I don't know. It didn't say on the bottle, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was a very pale yellow. It, the aroma we thought was bright and fruity with a hint of grass. The taste also had a hint of grass, uh, which I hate, but it was good this time. It was obviously a hint. had some honey, acid on the tongue. Uh, you said you would try it again, but it wasn't a favorite. I actually thought it mellowed a bit after opening, and it was better slightly less chilled, which I think is opposite normally. Huh. You know, you don't get uh, – you start getting the flavor stronger when it's less chilled. But That's true. Know. Yeah. So. That, that's always true. That's, you know, like I used to like to uh, have my Barnard Griffin Chardonnay at about 42 degrees. Yeah. And it's, if I let it, you know, go up into like 50, 60 degrees, it just it just blooms so much it was kind of annoying. Yeah. But, I mean, that was just that year. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be different every year. But. Yeah. You want to do the next one? Uh, okay. We had a bottle of Auspicion. 2020 Chardonnay from California had 13.5% alcohol. We got it at the town and country in Ballard for a whopping eight ninety nine yes. a bottle. Uh, kind of a gold, light gold color, some apricots. Uh, I thought it was a little bit sweet. Uh, kind of rolled off the sides of the tongue nice. Kind of crisp flavor. Uh, you thought it was crisp. And would we try it again? Yeah, it was fine. We'd yeah. do it again. Didn't overwhelm, but we, you know, at eight ninety nine, hello, you know. If any of, any of our listeners want to deliver us a whole case of it, the uh, address is <laughs> on the Seattle Dining website. Oh, so. my God. He's begging again. Um, we also tried an O Organics 2020 Chardonnay from California. And this is funny because when I got it, I saw the O and I was thinking of O Chardonnay. Remember how yeah. – and and I, it's o Organics, which is the like the Safeway brand. Right. So anyway, it was thirteen point nine percent alcohol, and we got it at Safeway on Queen Anne for eight ninety one, and it was regularly fourteen ninety nine. A yellow golden color, aroma of peach and apricot. Taste wise, it didn't have much acid and was kind of sweet. You thought that since it was organic, it's how wine maybe used to or should taste. We both thought we'd try it again. Yeah, we just need to have a Safeway back on Queen Anne. Yeah, because that's not happening right now. That'll be two years. All right, let's jump into some news bites. Okay. Um, the big one, and this really happened. This got publicized about a month ago, but it was just after we'd done the podcast, so I just wanted to bring it up here. But Chef Bobby Moore, after so many years, is leaving Barking Frog on July. Oh, it's over on July twenty second. Yep. He's gone. He's gone. Um. You can connect with him on Facebook if you want to keep oh, up with go. where he's going to go. We don't know where he's going yet, do we? Uh, it's really funny. Some things I've read says uh, he will announce what's going on, and some people say he's opening his own restaurant on the east side. So, mm. not sure. Um, 
the executive sous chef, Dylan Herrick, is taking over the kitchen, and he says things will stay familiar through the summer. Then he's going to start experimenting with lighter food, utilizing the freshness from the farms they work with now. And, uh, you know, as we said, Bobby apparently is planning a new restaurant, so we'll keep you posted on that. And he'll be focusing on the heavier food. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, Walla Walla Steak Co. and Crossbuck Brewing opened July 27th in Woodenville. If you didn't hear our July show, we have Chef, or not, not chef, chef, but General Manager Dan Thiessen as our guest on the show. And he'll, yeah. you can, he'll fill you in on what's going on yeah. with that. He's actually the managing partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Puget Sound Business Journal says uh, they've been looking at city records. And apparently, the Edgewater Hotel is planning a rooftop bar and lounge. So it's going to be like over 4,000 square foot, foot feet of bar, including 2,250 square feet of outdoor space. And they didn't have a time frame on it, so I don't know when that's happening. Hmm. That's that would, I mean, they are right on the water anyway, like nobody else, and now they... Can I get the Beatles to play on the rooftop to kick it off? When they, you know, Paul should uh, come back. Paul yeah, and Ringo yeah, should hang Paul out. play up there. Yeah. And Ringo, too. Yeah. I, I like Ringo. Ringo's he's spunky. He's a spunky drummer, man. Yeah. Even now. They should come. <laughs> um, Julian Ramos, who owns Agave Cocina and Cantinas in Redmond and Kent, has opened a new spot, Cava Azul Cocina and Cantina, in Woodenville. Um, it's got 100 indoor seats, roll-up doors, and it's two floors. They're open daily. And this is his thing. It's mostly organic ingredients, and he's always done that. Oh, good. And specialty cocktails. So that'll be fun to try out someday. There's so much going up in Woodenville right now, which I know. I'm actually very pleased with because for so long, food in Woodenville has been chains. You know. It sounds like they're going to start having traffic jams in Woodenville. Oh, start, start. <laughs> that little roundabout there. That's oh, going to be a busy little roundabout. Busy. I don't know if we're going to be able to get off the freeway pretty soon because the lineup will be so bad. Anyway, um, Copperworks Distilling released, released two core whiskeys on the same day, which isn't normal. Um, they're American single malt whiskeys. Primarily what they do is release based on flavor and not age, and they felt these were ready. So um, they were made differently, so I, my suggestion is try them both. Go so out if I want to get some Copperworks, where do I go? Uh, their tasting room is right down on the waterfront. Okay. I did a story on them, so you can go in and look in the archives, too. Okay. Uh, but they're right uh, kind of, I believe they're pretty near the, um, on the other side of the street from the aquarium. Okay. Down in that area. Cafe Flora's back garden has now been converted to a covered outdoor dining space with a fountain. And it's going to be open year-round. It'll seat 44 to 46 people. I'm not sure why. 44 to 46, I guess. I don't know. And it's also available for private events. Probably the fire department's trying to figure that out. Yeah. I was thinking it, it had to do with your size, like if you're a large group. So if I go in December, will the fountain be frozen? Will it, will it it's look a like covered a, outdoor dying space. So I think like in the winter. sculpture? There, that would be a good idea. Yeah. Although you'd freeze if you were there because you couldn't have the warming lights. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have those. Um, this was news to me. I hadn't heard anything about this, but Ala Mode, the pie people, mm -hmm. has a new state-of-the-art bakery in Ballard, and it's open daily, 2 to 9. It's Northwest 56th Street. 
And they still have their original spot on Finney Ridge and their second location in West Seattle. So, so the one on Finney Ridge is going to go away. Is it? Yeah. Oh, is that why? That's going to get gentrified, that oh. whole corner there. I wondered about that, but I went out and looked at the website, and it said, yeah, still here. Didn't so I'm glad anything. to hear that they have this new place all ready to go. Yeah, me too. Oh. Boy, that's going to be hard on the neighborhood. That place Yeah, they probably the have a lot and... of people that are addicted now. They have to yeah. get on the bus or take their car over to get their pie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If I lived right down next to there, I'd be over there every week. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I'm I'm assuming has happened and I'm disappointed in is they used to have little mini pies. Oh, they don't have those anymore. Every time I check the website, they don't ever show them. Wow. So I don't know if they did away with them or they just aren't showing them. And then that little place downstairs from you, what's the name of that uh, on the corner? Heartbeat. What is Heartbeat. it? Heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They got really good pies that are actually really good for you. They're all made organically. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of sugar in them. Uh, they're, they're just wonderful. But, man, they're like 10 bucks for a slice of pie now. Yeah. Did I already rant about that last no, month? Just to me. Just it to wasn't me. on the show, I don't $10 think. $10 for a slice of pie. I'm like, yeah. wow. And that's, you know, what you'd pay in a restaurant, too, but... Yeah, well, you but don't. you know what? I'll pay it because it's that good. Yeah. I bought a little bottle of, of a, uh, this is kind of weird. It was a kale cucumber juice oh. at PCC. It only had eight grams of sugar in it. Uh, it was, I think it was only six or eight ounces. And, uh, but oh my God, it was full of ginger and kale and cucumber oh, and, did you like and it? five other things. I kind of felt like I was taking some medicine, but I knew it was good for me, so I drank it. <laughs> and you have never been back. <laughs> <laughs> I go there all the time. <laughs> yeah, but not for that juice. <laughs> no. I'd buy it again, but but you know, maybe it'd be good with like a little bit of Evan James whiskey. <laughs> yeah, it seems Today's to be the show is not brought to you by Evan James whiskey. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Speaking of spirits, the Northwest Spirits Tasting Room and Retail Center op- opened in Woodenville about a week ago, uh, kind of down the street from Chateau Saint-Michel. They offer spirit tastings and sales, full craft cocktails, martinis are on the way. And then um, this is the people who have Vons uh-huh. and Sharps, and they're going to open a what they call the Gusto Bistro later this year, probably December 1st. And that's one door away. There's a winery in between them. So they will share. You know, you could get food from Gusto Bistro and you can get spirits from Northwest Spirits mm-hmm. at the restaurant. So um, that will be good. Hmm. And then Yellowhawk Resort released two new sparkling wines. I don't know if you knew that because when we were there, they didn't have these. Sparkling Rose Malbec and Sparkling Chardonnay. Both are low in alcohol, 10.5 and 10%. And this actually happened in May, but I had not. Um, I was not sure that we had shared it. Uh, well, I would like to try that sparkling rosé Malbec. Yeah, doesn't that sound that good? That kind of good. Yeah. Because I've had, like, sparkling Shiraz, and that's good. I'll bet that you can get it at the Walla Walla State Co. in Woodenville. I bet you can. That would be the first place you'd be able to get it. Yeah. Um, Project 9 Brewing com- is coming to Maple Leaf in the fall. It's going to be on 80th Street, 7,000 square feet, plus a covered outdoor beer garden. So it's at 1409 80th Street. Yeah, northeast 80th, yeah. So it's going to be just a block off of 15th, basically. Okay. 
Um, I had a couple other little things that I wanted to mention. USA Today Reader's Choice Awards came out. Uh-huh. And um, for the third time in a row, Walla Walla was named by the readers as the best wine region. And they're the first ones to ever win it three times in a row. Wow. Long Shadows got the best wine tasting room. And the Lounge at DeLille Cellars, which is a, a winery restaurant, was the number four best winery restaurant. Wow. So that was kind of cool. Hmm. And then the other little, I guess this isn't really a big shocker, but um, a Tacoma real estate investor bought the building that houses Duke Seafood on Ruston Way in Tacoma. Huh. But um, apparently Duke's has at least 10 years on the lease they have now with an ex- extension possibility of five. So they will still be there. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll roll through the calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Canyon River Grill, located in the heart of Yakima Canyon. Experience Chef Kevin Davis's meticulously crafted and delicious cuisine alongside the Yakima River. Extend your stay in overnight in one of the Canyon River Ranch's exquisite suites. Visit the website at canyonrivergrill.com for hours and reservations. Hi, this is Lenny. I live in Beacon Hill, and one of my favorite restaurants is Parasol, but it happens to be in Retton. Hi, this is Phil Klein with Natchez Heights Vineyards, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. are back with Tom and Connie on the Seattle Dining Show, and we are heading into the calendar section. We just pick out various items to share with you, but there's always new things being added, so just go to seattledining.com backslash calendar, and you can see all the new stuff. All right, well, it looks like the, uh, I don't know how long they've been back in action, but the Hot Stove Society is back in action uh, after at least a two-year hiatus. Uh, So this is going to be called Eat Art at the Hot Stove Society, happening on August 5th from 5 to 7 p.m. Cost is going to be $75 per person. Uh, You will be creating pattern pastas with two hot stove team members. And you can enjoy a bowl of rainbow noodles during the class and take home your colorful pasta creations. Fun. Uh, Sunset Supper at Pike Place Market's coming up. This is August 19th, starts at 7.30 p.m. This is like, they always advertise it as the party of the summer, and it is a fun thing. Live music out on the new market front. It's a pricey one. It's $195 general admission. Um, It's got 100 of the region's best restaurants, wineries, breweries, and distilleries. And as I mentioned, the live music. But I think that 195 is a tax-deductible donation, right? It probably is, and of course it goes to the, the programs to the, at yeah. the market, so it's all very worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, if you like Cajun food, there's going to be a Cajun food and music festival on August 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. down in Kent. Uh, this is going to be free, uh, I, although I think you're going to be paying for the food. Exactly. 
Uh, Southern culture and hospitality turned downtown Kent into little Louisiana. <laughs> Food from the Crawfish King, Pole Boy and Tings, Cheddar Boy and Mole. Don't don't do accents. And live music. <laughs> you did. If it. I want to talk like a Cajun, I'm going to talk like a Cajun. Okay. <laughs> if you think that that's like bad deal. <laughs> You know, I want to make people feel like what it's really going to be like when they get down there. You know what I'm talking about? All right. I just like all your accents because so many of them sound so much the same. Yeah, well, that, I know you would confuse that accent with my Indian accent, right? <laughs> that okay. one's a little different than your Indian one. Your Indian sounds like everything. Anyway, <laughs> I am not going to do an accent on this one. It's Jack's Barbecue Low and Slow Festival, August 20th from noon to 6 p.m., $35 per person, and they are roasting a whole steer. So your ticket price includes a steer sandwich. Other eats will be for sale. They're going to have games like bingo and cornhole. They're going to have drinks from their sponsors, Tito v- Tito's Vodka and Whistle Pig Whiskey, Topo Chico, Loca Cider, and Shinerbach. This is all going to take place at the Jacks in Algona. Is there going to be an outdoor area for cigar smoking when I'm there? <laughs> Don't get us into more trouble. <laughs> it's over by the, the roast deer, the barbecue. Okay. Uh, boy, you know, I think between Kent and Algona, you're going to get some pretty good smells going on. I know. Hmm. Good food. On the same day. Uh, okay, this is the big one, right? The Shindig at Yellowhawk Resort, mm-hmm. August 26th and 27th. The exclusive magnet tenant at Friday night reception. Uh, they are going to have a number of wineries there, including Abeja, Betts, Cayuse, Corliss, Doubleback, House of Smith, Lacole, Leonetti, Pepperbridge, and Woodward Canyon. Wow. I know. I'll just take a sample from each one, thank you. <laughs> I'll pour them into like a 32-ounce you know, uh, workout bottle. Yeah, over ice. Perfect. And then put it over ice, yeah. And let's call it the special yellow hot blend. <laughs> uh, Saturday night is going to bring the Grand Gallop, which will feature a multi-course seasonal dinner, music and dancing, and a live auction. Tables for 10 can be reserved for a discount. Your ticket ticket options are $92.57 per person, and the Magnum Tent add-on is $50. The Saturday night auction is $190.58. Uh, a weekend pass for both nights is $272.25. The Saturday table for 10, here it comes your discounted prices, uh, <laughs> $1,742.40. A weekend pass for 10. It was twenty four fifty and twenty five cents. You know, actually, if you divide that by ten, that's not terrible per person for a weekend. Two hundred forty five dollars for the whole weekend. Yeah, you pay that's for not that a for bad a idea. Wander. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Um, and I'm sure everyone's relieved that Elliot's annual Oyster New Year is back. This is like November fifth, but we say it now. I think we even might have mentioned it last month because these tickets sell out long before the event. It goes from 4 to 8 p.m. 
It's at Elliot's Oyster House. It's 250 per person. There you go, for one event. One event, four hours. Yeah, plus $25.25 in fees. Um, and it includes oysters shucked to order, local wines, fresh seafood, local microbrews, the oyster luge, live music, and a raffle. Hmm. Yeah. The oyster luge. Do you remember that? They... It's they've got a frozen thing like an ice sculpture, but it's got uh-huh. a, like a luge, and they uh-huh. drop oysters, and people stand at the bottom and catch them in their mouths. That's oh what boy. I recall. Oh boy! I did not do it. <laughs> <laughs> do other people cheer on the oysters? It's like a race. Probably. I, I have this vision of you catching an oyster in your mouth and screaming, "It tastes like fish!" Oh my god, it's so fishy. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we got a special guest coming in. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Dock and Drink, a unique lodge-themed heated and tented outdoor space along Lake Washington's southern end with stunning views of the lake, Olympic Mountains, and downtown Seattle skyline. This casual dockside restaurant changes throughout the year to take advantage of favorite seasonal ingredients in their bites, small shareables, flatbreads, and desserts. Creatively handcrafted cocktails, local beer and wine, and zero-proof mocktails complete your visit. Dock and Drink is located on the dock at the Hyatt Regency Lake Washington in Renton. Find them online at dockanddrink.com. Hey, this is Ian McNeil. I live over in Bellevue. And uh, one of my favorite dining spots in the Seattle area is uh, Asagio over on 4th Avenue. Hey, this is Christopher Chan, the host of Happy Hour Radio. And right now you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show, and we have a special guest in from Walla Walla today. Connie, tell us about our special guest. Our special guest is Brianna Mayuri. She's from Dunham Cellars, and she's a communication and event manager. And we wanted to have Brianna on today to talk about all the events coming up, because Dunham has a lot of really fun things coming up. So, Brianna, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Great. Hey, the first thing that's coming up is Dunham Days. And this is, I believe, the 13th annual? Yes, it is. Wow. Um, we, we missed 11 and 12 because of the pandemic. Um, we did some other things to replace it, but um, this event has been going 13 years strong. Wow. What made you guys... high water. <laughs> yeah. What made you guys start it? What was the theory behind it? So it all started as um, a way to celebrate actually the top tier of our wine club. We call it 4848. There are 48 longest running club members and our 48 top spenders. We bring them in and we do a dinner for them on Saturday night. And we just wanted to make a whole weekend out of it and celebrate them as well as bringing in the community in other ways. So it's just slowly transformed and morphed into what it is now. But 
it started as a way to say thank you to our top customers. Mm. In a way, it's still a thank you because of all that you bring in. And it's uh, like, I think on the first day, it's only a $10 cover, which is yeah. nothing. So tell us about the breakdown. What's, um, you know, what happens on each day? and Yeah, so on all weekend long, we have special tastings. Um, in the tasting room, we have local artists doing exhibitions in our production room. Um, they're artists for sale. They actually make art just for our event so that they can show it just here at Dunham Cellars. Mm. And then um, we have a local car collectors club that comes and displays their cars. And those people are here all weekend. And then on Friday night from 4 to 10, we have two bands, multiple food trucks, um, lots of dancing. Those artists are here. The cars are here. Our whole Dunham Cellars family is on site. And then our local suicide prevention program is on site as well. Um, and they are who our ticket sales benefit. We donate 50% of all of the ticket sales. Um, like you said, just $10, but um, we donate 50% of that to their program. Oh, that's and, so great. Um, they're on site to talk about what they're doing in our community and um, how they've used the funds previously raised and everything that's going on currently. Oh, that's so great. I love that. And yeah, I think you have a really good turnout, don't you? We do. Um, our last recorded attendance was just about a thousand people. Wow. Um, I'm going for some big numbers this year because we've gone a few years without it, but mm-hmm. my boss tells me that maybe I should, <laughs> that I should tone it down, but I, I got to have those lofty goals. Um, ratchet down those but, expectations. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Yeah. Well, and that's your job, but exactly. I, I also think you're right. I, I hope that it's not like 200 degrees or anything that would maybe slow some things down, but Oh, it'll be beautiful by then. We're going through a heat wave right now, but once we hit August, um, the nights start to get cooler, and um, it's one of those perfect 75-degree evenings, usually. Oh, that is heaven. That is heaven. Last time we were over there, it was warm, but it was really pleasant. Of course, we went inside fairly soon, but it was pretty nice. Yeah, I remember that. I thought I was hot then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And today at 107, not so much. (laughs) Exactly. It's all about perspective. (laughs) Um, One of the other things I think is fun, because I've seen the pictures of it, is that uh, people can bring blankets and things like that and just throw themselves on the ground and listen to the music. And it it just looks really fun. It is. It's it's so much fun. And Walla Walla is such a small town. You, um, you, you run into people that you know and that you haven't seen in a long time. Um, you meet new people, make new friends. We we find new friends. Um, we find people that have never heard of us before. Oh, wow. And they're just in town, and they're like, oh, I heard there was music. Oh. <laughs> and they make, their, they make their merry way over. And, <laughs> and enjoy. Yeah, it, it brings all kinds. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, that's great. Another thing you guys do, like many wineries do, is you uh, partner up with restaurants and do uh, wine dinners. And you've got like four coming up in August. Yes. So um, we have a really, really wonderful national sales 
manager who actually uh, do, does those dinners with our um, local accounts, local and national accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he will be the one at all of those dinners that are coming up in Washington State in August. Um, and he's he's preaching the good word about Dunham Cellars, and <laughs> he is uh, getting those things organized, and um, they're really fabulous. I personally have been to the Cove in Vancouver, the dinner that's happening on August 25th, uh-huh. um, and it is so gorgeous, and the food is so delicious, and the team is fabulous and i'm actually jealous that steve gets to go do that one instead of me <laughs> and we're, we're talking about the cove in vancouver washington yes vancouver washington okay yeah if they'd let me into canada with our wine i'd go <laughs> in a flash <laughs> in a flash but unfortunately there's some um liquor laws that prevent that so yep. they get a little antsy when you come across with 40 cases of wine They sure do. (laughs) Well, let's see. I think that on the 3rd of August, you have a wine tasting at the cottage in Bothell. Yes. And then on the 6th, there's the Edmonds Wine Walk, and you're going to be there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on the 17th, there's a wine dinner at the Point Casino in Kingston. Yes. So you guys are really all over. I was, when I was looking at this, I thought, how great. It's not just like in one area. You're all over the place. Yeah, we try... It, we try and um, reach every every market that we can um, because we know it's hard for people to travel. So we like to be in your area as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those people, if they're not familiar with your wine, will love it. And then they'll start asking their stores and, and wine shops to carry more of it. So Definitely. Um, that's a really good point for everyone to know is if you have a store that you don't see our wine in and you want to get it just cozy up to the wine buyer and ask and they can usually get it for you yeah i would think so and you get a couple people on those and they're like boy we're hearing a lot about that now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also coming up and this is uh for fall but and you do this every year i don't know how long you've been doing this but the harvest winemaker dinner series Yes. So that one's actually fun um, to talk about the origination of that series is um, our founding, our founding winemaker, Eric Dunham. He was an avid cook. He loved food. He loved to cook for um, anyone and everyone. And he actually started with harvest lunches oh. um, because why wouldn't you want to make food for the public when you're also making wine and in the middle of harvest? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> you got man. nothing doing. <laughs> got nothing else going on. Exactly. <laughs> but he, um, he started that and we started with harvest lunches and then we were doing harvest lunches and dinners. Oh. And now we um, we've brought it back down to just three harvest dinners a year. We bring in chefs from um, some of them are local chefs, but usually they're regional chefs, oh. chefs that we have a personal connection with. Um, and we bring them in. We host them here. They um, come in and they just delight our guests with fabulous food that you can't get here in Walla Walla or 
even in the Seattle area mm-hmm. sometimes. So um, we sell, we usually have about 40 guests in attendance. So it is relatively small and mm-hmm. intimate. We start, we welcome people in the courtyard and we give them a tour of what's happening um, around the winery because it is in the middle of harvest. That's mm-hmm. why they're called the Harvest Winemaker Dinner Series. And um, we show them what's going on and it's always different. It's always changing. We don't really have control over what the grapes want to do yeah, that exactly. week. But um, <laughs> if they're bringing in fruit, we show them that. If there's fresh grapes for them to sample, um, we make sure we get some of those for them. And then after the tour of the facility, we actually we bring them back inside into the hangar lounge and we sit them down for dinner. And what's really special about these is... Each table is seated with a Dunham Cellars oh. representative. So uh, you could be sitting next to Joanne Dunham, our owner and founder. You could be sitting next to Barbara Mosier, our um, employee number one. She's she's called our Swiss Army knife. She knows everything <laughs> about Dunham Cellars. She's been with us for, I'm going to miss... I'm going to misspeak, but 22 years, Oh wow! I believe. Um, so she, and she's my office mate and she, um, really is fabulous. She knows all the secrets. And so she, (laughs) she's a great host. Um, and you could be sitting next to one of our, uh, production staff members, um, Rob, our winemaker, if, if we're lucky, but usually he's knee deep in harvest. Yeah is out there actually working while we're dining. So <laughs> that seems so unfair, doesn't it? <laughs> I hope he's got like it a does. plate saved for him. You know, he does get the invitation. We do <laughs> offer it to him, but he usually has to make the decision and say, you know, I can't, but if when he's well-staffed, he is able to come out and, and sit with us. And it's just, oh, nice. it's so special. And, um, the food is amazing. Who doesn't love wine paired dinners oh, yeah. in a beautiful facility with um, old friends and new? Yeah. And that is a nice tasting or it's really fun to, to go in there anytime, but for a dinner would be really special. It is. It is really cool. And if um, what's really awesome, and I don't think I had the chance to tell you, but um, as you know, we're in an old World War Two era airplane maintenance mm-hmm. hangar right um but in that in the hangar lounge in the room that we dine in there's actually a catwalk up above up above the oh. um room and we actually took down half of it when we moved in because we put in a wall to separate the spaces and eric actually built a table out of that catwalk and that's the table that's in the center of the room oh how fun so that table has been around as long as Dunham Cellars has been around. That is cool. Is really cool. And so many meals have been shared there and we continue to do so every year. Uh, I'm always fascinated. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by the Christmas tree. <laughs> the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our bottle tree is relatively new in the Dunham Cellars history. It's only been around for about seven years. <laughs> um <laughs> But it is a showstopper, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's definitely, um, it's a conversation starter every time. 
and you should you should guess how many bottles are on there oh i want i want to hear your guess um 300 there's more than that on there wow wow there's about 523 huh you know what i think every time i see it and this is just so sad for me personally but i think who keeps this dusted and clean? <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like so much work. <laughs> uh, well, we have extenders. <laughs> like one big, big, um, one big duster. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name brand on here, but it's one of those. <laughs> it's a, is, a, is it, uh, I can't recall, do the, do the wines have labels on them or are they just... Labelless. They do have labels on they them. Have they labels. have labels, and they're not all done on the right? They are done on labels, but they're actually our artist series labels. Okay. So when you come into Dunham Cellars, we have our current releases, which have um, our classic green label or the gray label on the Syrah. They're very, um, they're single color labels, but we also do. We have a product line called our Artist Series from the Lewis Estate Vineyard, um, and those get created annually. We do a Cabernet Sauvignon, a Syrah, and a Merlot from that vineyard, but we really only make enough to satisfy the wine club. So unless you're in the wine club, you usually don't have access Mm. to those wines. But we've been doing it since 1999, and there's been a piece of Eric's artwork because he was also an artist um, on top of everything else that he was. Um, (laughs) He, each of those bottles has a piece of his artwork on it. And so that's mostly what is on the bottle tree is um, our artist series bottles. Oh, that's a nice thing. Yeah. Hey, to go back to the dinners, I want to know a little bit about the um, chefs. Like on the September 24th, it's Justin O'Neill of Spiceology. Where is that located? So Spiceology is a is actually a spice company, mm. um, and it's based out of Spokane. They are they're really cool. They are a label that looks like the periodic table of elements. Oh wow! And if you pay attention, if you're a Food Network junkie like me, and you watch <laughs> um, any of Gordon Ramsay's newer shows, the oh. ones in the last couple of years, it's his Spice brand of choice. Oh, okay. Um, so they're actually all featured on his shows, which is really cool. Yeah. And so I have a friend who works over there, and so we got one of their chefs to um, partner up for a dinner, and he's coming down for the first dinner and it's going to be really fabulous. There's probably going to be some barbecue because mm. what is good spices without utilizing it on some nice smoked meat? Oh, wow. Um, some late summer barbecuing. It's, it's just going to be so fabulous. I'm so excited for this one. That's going to be great. And then on yeah. October 1st, you've got Mixa Machado of, is it La Fe Wine Bar? Yes. So La Fay Wine Bar is um, one of Joanne Dunham's partners. Um, ah. She goes down to Palm Desert every year. They have a house down there. Ah. And um, 
that is one of her accounts that she does wine tastings with. And the food, I guess, is just fabulous. So um, when she was down there, she asked him if he would be interested in coming and doing a dinner. So they're bringing up their whole team and uh, doing a dinner with us. So the last on one that date. on that date, and the last one is the 8th of October, and it's Dave Adlard of Candle in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Dave is, Dave is known for doing these phenomenal pre-fee menus in this tiny town in Idaho, northern Idaho, called Apple, Idaho. Wow. And um, he has nothing but rave reviews. Um, from everyone that I know, both in the industry and customers, that once they found out we were doing dinner, they were like, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. And his dinner is actually almost sold out already. Oh. So, Man, that's um, – and that brings me to my last question is, uh, do people just go to your website, Dunham Sellers, yes. and, that, and they mm-hmm. can find out all about this and sign up? Correct. I've put it – in all of the places they could possibly look, I've made it so easy for them. <laughs> they cannot not find it. <laughs> they cannot not find it. <laughs> Brianna, it's been so nice having you on today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. A lot of fun to catch up. Yes, definitely. Stay cool, and we will get back in touch. All right, we're going to take good. a little break, and when we come back, we'll do some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Pogata Restaurant and Bar, located on Mercer Island. Locally owned and operated since 1997, Pogata offers unmatched Northwest cuisine with an Adriatic flair. Quality food prepared simply, freshly, and with care means every visit is memorable. Come revel in their relaxed atmosphere while enjoying hand-selected fish, brine chicken, and scratch sauces. More information is available online at pogata.com. Hi, this is Carrie. I live down in Ording, and if you're ever down that way, stop in and check out Route 66 Pizza. Hi, this is Jeff Leichleiter with Tim's Cascade Snacks, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show, and we'd like to thank Brianna for being our guest today from Dunham Cellars. And we've reached the end of our show, but as you know, we always like to leave with some tips. What do you have for a tip today? Well, you know, um, I'm a big fan of recycling or repurposing. That's so true. And we use a lot of protein powder. We use a lot of collagen And all these things come with either a quarter cup or a two-tablespoon plastic utensil. And I I know I can recycle them, but I've actually been finding lots of ways to repurpose them. So, like, uh, I have a a side-load washing machine. Mm -hmm. So I use the quarter cup one to scoop my detergent with rather than that flimsy thing that comes in a box that I buy my detergent. Oh, okay. Um, I use the two tablespoon in a 
container of cat food so I can scoop up two tablespoons, which is a little extra something that my cat gets every day. Isn't he the lucky boy? He has a, you know, he has a auto feeder and he gets a quarter cup in the morning, a quarter cup in the afternoon, but he's supposed to have five eighths of a cup. <laughs> so, so he gets very. a special little treat with that. I use, uh, I use them to dole out fertilizer in the herb garden. Yeah. Uh, I use the quarter cup one in my container of oatmeal. Oh, yeah. To bring out portions of oatmeal. Uh, it's endless, and everybody, I'm sure, would have different different uses other than just me. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, I use it in the cat's kibble, too. Although I find that it's a little, because it's a little more um, flexible than my metal ones, sometimes it bends funny, but I just have to work with it a little. I guess that tip was so good, we had like a special... Orchestra play. Yeah. Or oh, somebody nice. was calling in to tell us what they were using. Oh, yeah. There's four. It was the people over at Microsoft Outlook. They thought it was a brilliant idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, if I had a nickel for every time they contact us about our brilliant ideas, we'd be millionaires. So what's your tip? My tip is eating while traveling. And we had a recent experience where we hit airports at really normal times, like 6 p.m. And, and I'll just say this was the Vancouver Canada, BC, a big airport. Big one. Um, And all the restaurants were closed. Everyone we went to said, sorry, we're closed, but the uh, newsstand is open, and they were pulling the doors shut. And all these people from planes were racing to get in there and buy what normally is pretty lousy food, you know, Mm -hmm. pre-made sandwiches and stuff. I have to say they were actually good. Wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. But it was all, and they closed it. You know, they were closing the doors when we got in, and we just... You know, that's all there was to eat at that airport. Mm-hmm. So um, if you've got a layover or you plan to get to the airport early or you're not gonna, you know you're going to stay a little late or something and have a meal, make sure to check out the open times because you could be surprised. You, you, I would never have thought 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening. Yeah. Know, people are coming home from weekend travels. I and thought it was strange. And, you know, in, in that particular instance, we flew into a sub part of the terminal and had to be bussed over and had to go back through uh, security. security again. So we couldn't even have brought uh, any liquids with us. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with food. I don't know if you can bring food through or not. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that wouldn't have been have been a possibility. So. Yeah, and that was kind of the next part of my tip was that if you know you're going to be at an odd time or know that the restaurants are closed, bring something. But you're absolutely right. If, you've, if you're coming in and haven't already gone through security, you may not get it through. Yeah. So it, it was a, an eye-opener, one of those travel things that's changed that I, didn't, I wasn't aware of. Yeah. So. Seemed pretty goofy to me. Yeah. And if you're a travel agent or if you're putting together a tour for people – Make sure you tell them if they're going to an outside terminal, they're going to have to get on a bus and it's going to take them a half hour to get over to the main terminal and they have to go through security again because that was all surprises for us. We didn't know any of that. I was shocked actually, number one, how far we were away from the main terminal and it wasn't a straight shot. We made like three or four stops. Yeah. They had to go off the road and veer in and see if anyone was to be picked up here. They had to go to all the little puddle jumper terminals yeah. and pick up people. So it yeah. was not uh, a quick thing at all. 
All right, it is time to wrap up. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it is free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on, surprisingly, subscribe free. Make sure you dine out, dine in, dine well, and dine often. Usually two or three meals a day at least. At least, at least. And we'll see you back here on the September show. <laughs>